This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together. Hip hop, hip hop. Because we want to talk about y'all is hip hop. The stories of hip-hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who inside of them the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. My name is Lily Kay. I'm a, a vocalist, primarily in the, the jazz and soul genre. Sweet and lovely, lady be good. Oh, lady be good to me. Cause I'm so awfully misunderstood. Oh, lady, oh, lady, oh, lady be good to me. Say I'm all alone in this big city. The song that was easiest for me to choose was definitely A Lady Be Good by Ella Fitzgerald. Just the history of that song is so crazy, so it was, it was kind of an easy one. Ella's probably the most famous jazz vocalist, my favorite vocalist of all time. And she's, you know, performed the song many different places. Uh, in one particular recording, she had a very, very famous and lengthy scat solo on it. And what some writers did actually was take that scat and put nursery rhymes in it. And it kind of fit over all her scat syllables, over the melody. And it became like a, a song that, you know, like vocal jazz groups would do. And I did it in high school with my vocal jazz ensemble and learned the whole history behind it. You know how, how she would go, The writers took her exact scat and put nursery rhymes. So, Noella won't be all alone if we invite all the friends from the book written by Goose's mother. Simple Simon met a pime and the pime and Simple Simon started rhyming as he had to do the fair. But it goes on for like five minutes. The lyrics of the song, it's um, Sweet lovely lady be good, oh lady be good to me. No, I'm so often misunderstood, lady be good to me. I guess you, you could call it a love song or something like that, but I know it had a huge impact on me when I heard it. I just thought it was so awesome that, you know, you could take a, a melody of something that somebody completely improvised and make something solid out of it. And, you know, even going into her other songs, I've taken her solos from songs like Blue Skies and I've transcribed them and learned her whole solo from that because she's the master of scatting. I'm just an awesome baby 
in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I lived in Chicago for a little bit. Then I lived in San Diego for all of grade school. Back to Milwaukee. Then I lived in Vegas for a year when I was 15. <laughs> Back to Milwaukee until I finished high school. And I've been in Chicago since I was 18. I'd say I most identify with Milwaukee. Not only was I born there, but you know, my really fundamental years, like a lot of middle school and all of high school except for one year was in Milwaukee. The whole culture, both the art schools I went to there, the teachers at those schools had the biggest impact on my life. You know, not only as a musician, but as a person. It kind of really structured me into to how I am and, and my work ethic and what I do like, what I don't like. Culturally, what I identify with. And of course it was you know, awesome being a little kid in San Diego because I got to go to the beach and uh, I got to live out my whole pop punk phase with No Doubt and Blink-182 and, and Green Day and all of that. And um, it, it, was a, it was a great transition because right when I started really getting more into to Motown and, and hearing like R&B and everything is when I actually moved to Milwaukee and I went to school in the inner city and it was kind of like... Like, my life followed the music that I was listening to. It, it was kind of weird, like, looking back on it, how that worked out. Shame uh, by the Spinners. My mom, huge Motown fan. She played a lot of it in the house just growing up. And that Spinners song, It's a Shame, was just, it was like my mom and my song. You know, even now, if we're in the car together, it comes on, we have to stop whatever we're doing and just sing it. It's like our thing. I don't know. She's so happy. It's a shame The way you mess around with the man You're like a child at play On a song it was actually co-written and produced by Stevie Wonder. It was the first time that he had done that for an artist besides himself. So that might be why it's such an amazing song, because Stevie Wonder has something to do with it. It's kind of a, a tale about a man being upset that his woman's messing around on him a little bit. But I don't, you know, I never took the meaning to be that much, because when you hear it, it's just, I don't know, I just get so much joy in singing and the harmonies. and I mean, obviously it was a group singing, but even in my music, I, I like to incorporate a lot of harmonies and things like that. And so hearing all of that going on, it was just magical. It's always stayed with me. I love that song. My, my mom's a singer, my dad's a singer, so it's kind of always 
spinning me totally different than what I do. My mom is kind of like a, a Janis Joplin vibe. I don't really know how to cross for my dad. He, he was in like a swing cover band and a Motown cover band. But um, I kind of came up on my own and with my vocal teachers as far as what I'd, I identified with. The first time I really took myself seriously, I had a vocal teacher named Mr. Anderson when I was in grade school in San Diego. And he was a gospel choir teacher you know, at his church, and he would just come into our school once a week and work with us. And he just kind of saw something in me. I've, I've always loved singing. And I think he not only saw that love I had for it, but like, there's something about you that, you know, maybe you're good at this. And uh, he really started to work with me. And I remember the first solo he, he helped me develop was a Christmas song. And we just did it at like a school Christmas show. And a couple of my teachers started crying. And it's like, what did I do wrong? And they're like, no, you did something right. Like, <laughs> he really believed in me. And I, I remember in my fifth grade graduation, I sang, you know, at the graduation, I sang Josh Fit the Battle of Jericho, just like an amazing spiritual. You know, and he taught me that. And he also would, would bring me to, you know, church with him. And I'd sing in church choirs at, with him directing. And he pulled me aside and was just like, you're going to do something with this. Like, don't throw it away. Don't just make it a hobby. Like, really pursue it. And, you know, I'm in fifth grade, so I want to be a vet or whatever I wanted to be. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Hallelujah. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. You may talk about the men of Gideon. I've, I've always lived with my mom. When I was younger, my dad would come and visit. They had a, a really good relationship, actually, for divorced parents. And so that was that was really cool. I got to see him a few times a year. They, they never bad-mouthed each other or anything like that, which I really benefited from. Me and my dad's relationship has always been kind of rocky, though, you know, as, as I got older. Just personal things, and, and he had a problem with alcohol for a while. And our relationship was definitely rocky. And now, in recent years, we actually have a wonderful relationship. He identified his problem, and we kind of talked through it. And we, we have an adult-to-adult -adult relationship, and we're the closest that we've probably ever been. But I'm really happy that I'm able to have a healthy relationship with both my parents now. You know, she introduced me, she played me Weezer for the first time. She told me who Gwen Stefani was, and I still want to be Gwen Stefani when I grow up. You know, and she, she played me The Spinners for the first time, and we had a, a CD from Motown Records, and it was just like a compilation of Motown hits. You know, that was like my Bible for a little while. Then, you know, when I get to be like 9 or 10, especially working with the vocal teacher, Mr. Anderson, I already mentioned, I start to discover things on my own, and get more into to R&B a, a little bit. 
like even TLC and, and stuff like that from watching like VH1 in the morning. She wouldn't let me watch a lot of TV. It was, you know, more play with people, be yourself, like don't sit in front of this TV. But she would let me watch the VH1 countdown before school, so I'd see music videos and it kind of started to broaden my horizons a little bit. Expand my horizons. Then it leaves you in a class with scrubs, never rising. I don't find a surprise, and if you don't have the cheese to please me and bounce from here to the coast of overseas. So let me give you something to think about. Inundate your mind with intentions to turn you out. Can't forget the focus on As far as getting into jazz, that didn't really happen until I moved to Milwaukee. My vocal teacher there in middle school, Miss Lacoste, she heard me sing and was like, Oh, this is what you're meant to do. She played me jazz music. And it was the first time that I heard something that I think my voice was meant for. You know, even when I sang gospel, listen to Motown, like I don't have that super strong, soulful, crazy voice. I always thought that's how I should sound. And then I listened to jazz and I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like it's a perfect fit. Sweet, lovely lady, be good. Oh, lady, be good to me. Cause I'm so awfully, awfully, awfully misunderstood Oh lady, lady be good to me Cause When I moved to Milwaukee, we lived in the city. city I went to school in the city Then my mom remarried My stepdad, he's a great guy And they actually got a big house kind of in the country And um, in order to go to my school I pretty much lived with my best friend And she lived in the inner city, like super close to the schools her parents actually divorced and I was kind of there through that and like helped her go through that whole thing. I was just with her all the time, so it also made me develop like this independence. At that point in time is when I really got more into hip hop. You know, just being on, on the internet or even, you know, on, on MySpace and they had like those little music players. Somebody had uh, Stressed Out by a Tribe Called Quest and like, I had heard Tribe before and I, I always liked it, but for some reason that day when I heard that song, something just clicked and I was like, and I think all in one day is when I discovered so many people just, you know, by looking up Tribe Called Quest and trying to find similarities and I discovered chaos and I discovered hieroglyphics and I just, you know, like all these amazing, more so underground hip-hop artists. I do think that my environment kind of led me to that just because of who I was friends with and the influences that they had and, you know, people came in from all over because it wasn't art school. So it was definitely in a black neighborhood. Our choirs were predominantly black. Raymond Roberts was our vocal instructor and this man is phenomenal. Like, I, I truly feel he could be the head of the music department at Berkeley or any, you know, top-notch music school, but he chooses to be in the hood of Milwaukee because he loves what he does so much. He would just, you know, teach us these amazing Bach requiems and, you know, classical music as well as traditional spirituals. And we would go to these vocal competitions. And the other schools were, you know, predominantly white. And I don't, I don't think they expected too much. And then we'd perform. And it's like, oh, they didn't sing a gospel song? And us even going to that kind of opened minds of a lot of kids. Just to see, like, wow, this black choir can sing classical music. 
yeah, dummy. Like. <laughs> Too. Her dad was black and Puerto Rican, and I was raised by, you know, just her. So it was kind of like a single mixed mother, and, and we were always, you know, not, not super wealthy. She was a vintage clothing and antique dealer, so it was kind of like we would go to swap meets, and if she found something to sell, I, of course at the time I was kind of ignorant to the fact that if we didn't find anything, we might not eat that well that week or anything, but, you know, looking back on it, it was like a day-to-day -day hustle for her. And that's that's who raised me. I've seen the discrimination against her. Just she she is very light skinned and everything, but she naturally is super huge, curly black hair, and and uh, people can definitely tell. And when you encounter people who are very close minded and like to be, you kind of see like, wow, she's not as respected because you know she's not white. And even though of course I look like this little Aryan race baby, <laughs> I definitely have seen the discrimination and racism that there is, and I think that's impacted me. All, all the men early in my life who I considered father figures when my dad was absent, Mr. Anderson, he was a black male. One of my other elementary school teachers, Mr. White, he was a black male. My sixth grade science teacher, Craig Tate, he was a black male. And these were all very strong male role models for me, you know, who just taught me so much about how women should be treated, how you should respect yourself, respect others, just, you know, things that a father should teach, especially a young girl. And I think they all kind of saw that that was absent with me and definitely stepped in. And so, you know, these are the people who raised me. And it's like, well, no wonder I have certain mindsets and certain tastes in people or, or something like that. It's because that's, that's what I knew. You know, personally, I haven't experienced firsthand being discriminated against for being a minority. Besides from being a woman, especially in the music industry, I've also experienced white people who maybe don't appreciate a white person engaging with black people. I interned for the Obama campaign in 2008, so I wasn't old enough to vote actually for that election, but I interned, so I did 20 hours a week of volunteer service. And I was working the Wisconsin State Fair one night, and my shift ended at 10. The booth, it was like the Democratic booth of Wisconsin, so I was all Obama'd out, I had all my pins on, uh, and I was walking back to my car, probably like 10, 30, 11 at night, and these three like drunk cowboy-looking dudes 
are like walking towards me on the street and they pass me and I, I felt weird about it. You can tell when something like not right's about to happen. And these guys actually like jumped me mm-hmm. and they pushed me to the ground and started kicking me and were yelling N-word lover, you know, because I have Obama pins on. And it's like, this is 2008 and people are still like that. That blows my mind. And of course at the time that sucked, but it was kind of like an amazing thing that I got to tell people about. It really opened my eyes up. I want to do something to change people's views. One shot to your heart without breaking your skin. No one has the power to hurt you like your kin. Kept it inside, didn't tell no one else. Didn't even want to admit it to yourself. Um, NDRE, her whole album Voyage to India was probably the biggest influencer on me as a songwriter. And, and I don't mean as far as influencing how I write, but just showing what songwriting can do. The song Get It Together, it's amazing. It, it, it just kind of talks about, you know, like these hard things happen in life and you just have to get through it or you're gonna kill yourself. And I remember I was 15 when I first heard the album and one of the lyrics in there is, um, no one has the power to hurt you like your kin. 15 years of holding the pain, and it's like no one has the power to hurt you like your kid. And I was 15, and this is really when I was struggling with my dad. And I was like, this is talking to me. <laughs> like, even though she doesn't know who I am, she doesn't know my situation, but it, it shows that something that she was talking about specifically to her can apply to so many people and affect them in their own personal way. Obviously, she's an amazing singer, so I studied how she sang and how you know she was able to convey emotion and things like that in her music. But Get It Together just spoke to me on such an emotional level, and I would cry listening to it. Uh, and now I listen to it and I get so much joy because I think it was really one of the pivotal moments in my life, you know, sitting there and, and really listening to those lyrics when I just decided I need to be a positive person. I definitely would let myself get down and, and you know, think little of myself because of my relationship with certain people. And, and then you listen to what she's saying and it, it's like, why are you letting this get you down? You're, you're letting this happen to yourself. That's like the biggest thing I took from it is all this stuff can happen to you and like it's up to you how it's gonna affect you. It just hit me at a moment where I wanted to start writing and I realized the power that lyrics and music could have over somebody. To choose life is to choose to forgive you don't have to try and hurt him or break his pride. Just shake that weight off and you'll be ready to fly. One shot to your heart without breaking your skin. No one has the power to hurt you like your friends. A lot of my music is more upbeat. NDRE's music is, is much lighter sonically, I believe, than mine is. It's more acoustic guitar and light soul. And I'm very into piano, drums, heavy bass, that type of thing. But just like the tempo it moves at, it is a, like uplifting, but it's not overwhelming. It doesn't force itself on you. It's still easygoing, but in like a positive, upbeat type of way. Or even if you think of her song, uh, The Truth, one of Indiari's most famous songs, love song about a man. One, it's like one of the best love songs ever written because it just, 
It's so, it's so simple and it says so much at the same time. And you think of love songs as being these slow ballads and it's like, no, it's kind of like this upbeat, like head nodding, that type of thing. Somebody told me that the spread of a small We used to live in the same feeling on the same floor And never, never go and tell them all the scenes on top And people sleep as Romy and Queen from Philly Taking classes abroad, starting a film For the fly, focus for code And said she broke it on the flick and come out Went through the storm and she loved her show In Brooklyn, but then we had to go And when I stepped off the stage, I took a piece of her heart We moved from the start, things fall apart And said it shattered, she said that shit don't matter And when So I guess I can go into the, the root song with uh, with Erica Badu and Eve. A lot of people don't know that's Eve rapping on there, the second verse. It's an amazing song. And one of the reasons that I love it the most is that because it was Jill Scott's first break and she was a writer on the song. Originally she was the vocalist on it and she was very unknown. Questlove had just discovered her and they wanted a more known female feature on it, so they replaced her vocals with Erica Badu's. So still, nobody knows who Jill Scott is, and she's 28 at this point. Uh, then the Roots Go On Tour bring Jill Scott, she sings the song on the tour. The Jill Scott we know is born, and Jill Scott is one of the people I idolize most. She combines jazz, hip-hop, soul. I definitely looked how she blended genres and made them her own personal style. It's hard to be a, a soul and a jazz singer, especially now, like, it's not a prominent genre. At that time, for her, that's kind of when neo-soul was booming, so it was, it was perfect timing for her to, to have come out as an artist but it, it did show me like wow like it took that long for somebody so amazing and it took a writing credit and her being replaced by another amazing singer but still you're getting replaced but how good she was and like the roots and, and quest love like believed in her and really helped her and now she's a legend them live probably five or six times which it's an amazing live show <laughs> and another reason I chose this song is not only how it, it kind of led me into to Neo Soul but obviously I love hip-hop I'm not a hip-hop artist but I work closely with hip-hop artists and I love the genre and I've kind of figured out a way to get myself in the hip-hop scene without rapping and of course I don't want to be a hook singer for the rest of my life it's kind of this frustrating middle ground I've put myself in because I want to be a, an artist you know a solo artist in this genre that not that many care about anymore in comparison to hip-hop. It's actually a, a weird, a weird place to be in, you know, when your vocals are featured on songs that are on BET and the radio and, and everything, but your name's not there because you're just the background singer. Just like people don't 
hear all falls down and go, oh, Selena Johnson killed that hook. Nobody thinks that. The majority of the people who listen don't even know who Selena Johnson is. But I did take it upon myself to look up who is the person singing on. And that's how a lot of my fans have discovered me, which is really cool because it means you liked how I sounded enough to do it yourself, to look me up and go that extra mile. Because even though it seems like we're just typing a question, that's a lot of effort for, <laughs> for a lot of people. And so that's why I really do appreciate uh, a lot of those fans is because they took the effort and they, they liked it so much that they had to come discover me themselves. The coolest thing is, is to hear people tell me things like, oh, this got me through this breakup, or oh, I was having such a bad day, like, I'm just gonna chill out and listen to Lily Kay. Like, that's awesome. Like, besides loving it, that's what I release music for, to impact people in a positive way. It's the most amazing feeling. You're my baby, my lover, my lady. All night, you make me want you it drives me crazy i feel like you were made just for me babe tell me if you feel the same way does it just feel so right i don't want to waste no time if i had to choose i know i'm gonna always choose to be with you cause girl don't you know I, I think i sit here now and i think oh, i have so so far to go like i'm so young in this game and i'm not talking about age but just where i am you know like yeah i'm 22 so i am young but it's kind of like I have so far to go. And then I, I put myself back to like 17 year old me. Did I think that I would be this far at the age of 22? I was on a mixtape that was nominated for mixtape of the year at the BET Awards. I was on a song that was just played on 106 in part. I got to perform at Pitchfork with Tree. These artists have worked with me because of my talent. It's not because I have a big name. They're all bigger artists than me. They just want my voice on their song. I was able to open for Music Soul Child. That's one of my idols. Sometimes if I'm stuck writing a song, I'll go back and listen to some music. And so, you know, to open for him, to be asked to open for him was an amazing. Like, I was sitting there during his sound check, like, freaking out. Like, oh my God, it's Music Soul Child. Oh my God, oh my God. I cried like five times, you know? Like, obviously I didn't show him that. Of course I stayed and watched his set. And towards the end of his set, he says, it's hard out here for a soul singer. And I'm like, you're saying that? And you have a like fan base for life. Like not only fans, but the industry. You know, like you're an amazing artist. And you're saying it's hard? Oh, what does that mean for me? Like, that's gonna suck. <laughs> but it's also like, he's still doing it because he, he wants to. Even better than I was the yeah. last time, baby. We back. The, the intro, good ass intro. Even better than I was the last time, baby. You know, when, when Pitchfork posted it as like song of, of the day or song of the week, whatever, it only said featuring BJ the Chicago Kid. Like when they released it, it they only listed him. And, you know, when I inquired about it, it was because, oh, well, BJ has a deal. You don't. And it's like, but why does that matter? When my voice is the one you hear. BJ's amazing. I'm a huge fan of BJ the Chicago Kid. But that doesn't like discredit me being on the song. It's the first voice you hear. 
no one sat and wondered who is the female voice on this song. It, it does get frustrating. And you know what? I have to put myself like in check sometimes. Like, Lily is not your song. But it's still like I contributed to it. And my art is on there. My effort is on there. Like, the harmonies I made are on there. My artistic decisions are on there. And I just feel like credit should be given where it's due. And yeah, a lot of, even the audience, they don't care about background singers. It's just hard when you hear the background singer, you know? I think uh, music itself is just important for survival of people. I think the, the best testament I have to it is, you know, when I started going to church to sing, which was the reason that I was going, I saw the power that it had bringing people to tears, getting people to run around and speak in tongues and do crazy stuff. I saw music doing that. And maybe that was God but what was he using? Music. And I kind of took how powerful music like impacted that church, and I applied that to what I want my music to do. In a movie, in a dramatic scene, how important is the music in that scene, and how little do people think about that? There are certain songs that no matter what I'm doing or where I am, I hear it and I just tear up because it, it's attached to a memory. We, we all have that, even if you, know, you don't want to admit it or if it's a stupid, corny song, whatever, it touched you in some way. Or there are certain chord progressions that are just so sonically perfect that it just, you feel it. Music is so important in every aspect of our lives and I don't even think that we realize it. I just think it, it's able to to bring worlds together.